Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. But this is not any episode. This is the finale episode to All Stars 6. And the good news is, today, we have the winner with us, the queen of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 6, Kylie Sonique Love. So, let's get into it. Welcome, my queen. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I I just saw your reaction video where you're watching live for the first time hearing it. Walk us through that. You're with all the girls. Oh, my goodness. So, um, you know, they they film alternate endings um, and crownings. Mm -hmm. So we watched each one of us get crowned. Um, And so we had no idea what was going to happen. And just going in there... Honestly, I didn't expect anything. I never expect anything. I just know that. Really? Is that who you were like as a person? Do you kind of lowball it? Like, yeah, it could go either way. I'm good either way. Well, the thing is, is so many times in my life, I've learned in the younger part of my life, mm-hmm. when I would expect things and they wouldn't go the way I wanted them to, I would feel disappointed and um, when I filmed this show, I was so proud of everything I did, regardless of what placements or whatever happened during the show. I know that I did my absolute best mm-hmm. and I pushed myself beyond um, any expectations that mm-hmm. um, maybe other people had for me, um, even myself. And within the challenges, I would create my own challenge as well. Um, because I want to not, I wanted to grow as a person, um, not just as a queen, but just personally. And so I, I didn't want to have any expectations going into this because I knew that I had no control over the outcome. Um, but what I did have control over is uh, the way I felt about what I did. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I had no expectations. I knew that we all did a fabulous job. I watched right. every single person um, do amazing all the way to the end. Yes, absolutely. To me, it could have went either way. I mean, I thought about all the possibilities. I'm like, there could be a double crowning. They could say, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. They all did amazing. Let them all win. <laughs> you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. You never know with Drag Race. Like <laughs> I said on one of the episodes, I said, when it comes to Drag Race, I just learned to not ever guess. You know, and that's just really what it was. And I didn't, I didn't expect to win. I knew I had a one in four chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it was really, it, I mean, it got me. It got you. I watched the video. There's like, Eureka is getting up and consoling you because you're still in this state of shock. She's basically saying, it's real. You won. It really happened. And you're just kind of like incapable of speaking. It's it's really a great moment to see on YouTube. Now, you talked about growth. You talked about taking chances. You talked about challenging yourself. But what I saw this season and what everybody fell in love with this season was a complete reinvention of who you were. And you made me a Twitter star for a day. Thank you very much. By retweeting that we met each other 11 years ago when I was still doing Ugly Betty. 
and this was pre-transition you. And when I saw you again, when we filmed our episode, you were, you were a completely different energy. Because to me, it's not about appearances. You can come in looking the same, but it, you came in with, you were so free and open. You were a completely different person. Can you t walk us through the biggest differences between you back then and you now? Well, too, uh, I always say when, when you live in your truth, you don't have to guess. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to think about what you need to say or any right. of that. And I just feel completely liberated. I mean, even after I came out 11 years ago and started my transition, there was still a lot that I had to learn about myself. And there was still, uh -huh. you know, so much growing that I needed to do. And I'm, and I'm constantly doing that. But um, this time was completely different. I, I, you know, the fact that they asked me to come back was reassurance that they believed in me, um, which mm -hmm. made me also believe in myself. And there were so many times in my life where, you know, I, I've fallen and I had to get myself back up. I never was the kind of person that would run to the internet and put all my problems out there for the world. Mm -mm. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I remember several times I would write paragraphs of things that I mm -hmm. wanted to post that I wanted to share. And then I would get done and I would read it and I would read it. And I would say, you know what? Let me save this, put it on the computer <laughs> somewhere for me. This, what, what I'm going through right now is temporary. And once you put it on right. Facebook, it becomes permanent. It becomes permanent. And then also your personal problems become up for a vote. It be, they become up for an opinion. And it's like, that's not how things are going to get solved. Yeah, I love what you said about like when you tell the truth, you don't have to guess because as queer people, there's our life before coming out where we're always trying to, as queer people, I have a mental health podcast called Hot Mess, which I'd love to have you on. Um, as queer people, we grow up making everybody else comfortable, right? It's kind of like, how do I, how do I modify my behavior, my voice, the way I talk? It's like, that's not asked of any other person on earth you know, to us to alter ourselves in order to fit in, in order to please everybody else. And it's a full-time job. And then when you come out and you're not worried about that anymore, it really, that's the most, that's one of the most liberating parts of living in your truth. Absolutely. And you know what, you, you said something that I a hundred percent agree with, like you, we've had to try to make people comfortable around mm -hmm. us forever. And I think mm -hmm. what that does teach us is to be more understanding and to respect people. And so when we get to a point in our life where we are like, okay, I want to fully liberate myself. I want to be myself. I don't want to make excuses anymore. You know, either these, either the people will uh, accept me and appreciate me for who I am. But at some point you have to become selfish and accept who you are and, mm -hmm. um, and I just, and I feel like, uh, too, with transitioning, I've had to learn that when I'm, tra the transition that I'm going through, the people around me are also going through one, too. Um, mm -hmm. And I need to respect that. Like, it was, you know, in the beginning, my, it was hard for my mom to get the pronouns right or the name right, right. or whatever. But it's it takes time. And, and, and I think it's super important um, that people understand that. Uh, now, now you talked about like caring about other people's feelings. It's kind of like that's the line we walk as queer people. It's like I'm here to live in my truth, but I'm not here to hurt anybody. But what I get from you 
and and in hanging out with you briefly and getting to know you, you are you're kind of like my friend Calpurnia Adams. Like deep down inside, you're a nice Southern girl. Now, uh, where where'd you grow up? Um, well, first of mm-hmm. all, thank you for comparing me to Calpurnia. Mm-hmm. I love her. I grew up in Albany, Georgia, wow. um, the birthplace of Ray Charles mm. and I believe Paula Deen. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? What does Albany, Georgia, yeah. look like? Um, well, as a kid, it looked like the, you know, uh, I lived in the country part of, of Albany, mm. uh, in Mitchell County, but, um, the city Albany was like, you know, really big and, and everything to me. Um, but now looking back at it, it's, it's so small. So what's baby Kylie like? I mean, what does it look like? What does your family look like? Do you have siblings? Are you, are you an only kid? What's the story? Well, um, I have an older mm-hmm. brother, an older sister, <clears throat> and a younger half-brother. Um, so I'm a middle oh, child, too. and I'm also the baby, oh. too. I, um, on on my dad's side, mm-hmm. I was a baby, but um, out of all my siblings, I'm, I'm a middle child. There's so many middle child performers. I mean, I'm three out of four, so I always say, like, by the time, there's like a million baby pictures of my brother and sister, and by the time I came around, it was like, click. And then there was another kid after me. So it's like, that's why we become performers. It's like somebody pay some fucking attention to me. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy because my my older brother was the first grandchild out of out of my mm. mom's brothers and sisters. My mom comes from a family oh of God. seven. Um, so, yeah, so my brother got all the attention. And then my sister was the first mm-hmm. girl, you know. Um, so she got that attention and then here i am like the, mm-hmm. the third one you know the misunderstood <laughs> it's so i think what it is too that what creates you know us to be entertainers or whatever is that we are like you know we either are mm-hmm. ignored or we have to work twice as hard to yeah, get that the part. attention <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> but at some point i was just like I didn't care for the attention. I just was like, okay, how can I entertain myself? How can I make me happy? You know, I remember when my family would get together and have like a, you know, all the brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts would come together. I would be the one to orchestrate some type of show. I would get everyone together and find a song and outfits. And by the end of the night, when everyone's Uh drunk, <laughs> yeah. on a show together. but you're leading the charge um, but, it sounds like because i was always like that too but i was like why doesn't anybody else care about this <laughs> this is important yes. yes yes exactly um but yeah that's 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 what i did and i, I just i would just come mm-hmm. to life whenever i got to do things like that and i remember um to uh, when my mom when it was just me my brother and my sister uh, when we were little and my mom was single at the time, I remember her watching mm. MTV and uh, my mom was a young mom and, and she taught me how to hula hoop in the living room while we were watching Aww. MTV. And I was, I was obsessed with Tina yes. Turner, especially when she was in Mad Max. I love oh, her yeah. and that, earrings. And that, that chain she... mail dress, that beautiful <laughs> chain mail dress with the sol- yes. shoulders. Now um, you're growing up in Albany, Georgia, you're the third out of four kids. Um, I tell this story in my act, and nobody ever believes that it's true, but it absolutely is. I'm four years old, and on the television comes on. Um, it was this is I'm old, so it was in the '60s. Uh, a Tarzan show, 
it was it, and it started an actor named Ron Ely and he was in a loincloth and I remember being four years mm. old and looking at it and not being able to take my eyes off the set like and I'm not understanding it and like I just kind of knew that I feel like that was the day I knew I'm different <laughs> did you have an epiphany like that oh, as a baby. kid or several I did. I did. And I, I was actually just about to mm. tell you that. Like, I, when Tina Turner would come on the TV, I would always kiss the TV and tell mom, that's my <gasps> girlfriend. There was just something about Tina Turner that I was absolutely right. obsessed with. Um, but then George Michael would come on TV <laughs> in his tight yeah. blue jeans, dancing next to that uh-huh. jukebox. With his ass right on the camera. And I was like, mm. And I would also kiss the TV and say, that's my mm. boyfriend. Um, so, and like you said, like it's, no one teaches yeah. you to feel the way that you feel or love the way that you love. And I was just like drawn to these two people. And also Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus was With another that one. Mullet, the, the Kentucky yeah. waterfall. Now, um, party in front, business, business like, in front, party in the back. I was like, baby, I will not... I will not break your you, uh, break do your it. heart, honey. Um, it sounds as, you know, it's also like being a queer kid. And I noticed this on you in the show this season. You're so quick. You're so quick. It's almost like we're anticipating the next thing coming up. We're always like thinking about the next line or something. It sounds to me like you and your mom were close. Are you close now? Um, we definitely are. I feel like uh, when I was about 17, I left mm. Albany and I just left and I would hardly come back home for, I mean, I would, I would visit occasionally. Um, but it wasn't until I think going on RuPaul's drag race, cause mom really wanted me to stop doing Mm. drag. She didn't think I was going to like, it was going to do anything for me. She wanted me to get into school and stuff like that. Was it out of interest for your, was it because it could could be two things. I don't like drag or I want you to do well. And this isn't going to make you any money. Which one was it? Was it both or was it? It was, I want you mm. to do well, and I don't want to have to take care of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, and and I totally get that, but I just knew. I was like, no, this is what mm-hmm. I want to do. I'm most happy. To, I did, I had other jobs before, and I, and I was going to go to school before, and it just never, it didn't feel right to me, and I had spent so much of my life trying to do what everybody right. else wanted right. me to do, and I was like, you know what, I if I'm going to live on this earth, I just want to do what makes me happy. Even if it makes me poor, I want to do what makes me happy. I have a friend in New York, a really good friend who is a theater director. And uh, she left a very big corporate job at American Express to direct theater, which is like, nobody makes money doing that. And uh, somebody said to her, you know, when they put you in a box in the ground, nobody's going to say, you know, you could have made more money at American Express. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you spent your life doing 100%. and you told that story on the show about attending military school um because your mother made mm-hmm. you that that happened while you were home clearly right mm-hmm. okay so mom pulled me out of high school when i was about uh 17 um she i had um I think I was pulled out of the 10th grade. Yeah, what's grade, happening in the 10th grade? Are you getting bullied? Are you getting... Um, I just was so, like, I don't know. I spent... Oh, I was just misunderstood, mm-hmm. not only by the people around me and teachers and stuff like that. I just could not... The school just was not yeah. for me. I 
I could not ever concentrate. Mm-hmm. I have uh, ADD Me too? really bad, and I never took medication for it. Family would not ever take me to mm. a doctor. They never questioned why I couldn't concentrate in school and class. And but all military things. school seems like a very drastic decision. I mean, that uh, to take you out of school and put you in military school, and you said it was the masculinity issue. It was really to toughen you up. Was it that much of a problem? Well, I remember one of the last things that happened in high school. I was waiting for the school bus, and uh, this kid that I actually went to church with, who I've known my whole life, he just came out of nowhere and like just socked me in my face for no mm-hmm. reason. Was it in front of other people? It was in front of yeah, other that's people, what it was for, and it was just like. And no one did anything. Mm-hmm. No one said anything. No one did anything. And I was just like, that's fucking gross. Like, that was nothing. He he hit, he hit like a, a pump. Yeah. You know, anybody who has to come up and, and hit you when you're not looking mm-hmm. or when you're not ready or when you don't expect. Yeah. Absolutely coward. Um, and, you know, it's. It's fine. You hit me because you're insecure about something with yourself. It speaks more volumes about who you are versus who I am. It's exhausting being the bigger person. It is exhausting being the bigger person. I was able to take your pain, but you were not able to accept your existence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I didn't cry. I was just like, whatever. I told mom about it. She pulled me out of school. And, um, I think she just, you know, she heard about this like military school that like, you can go for six months, get your GED, blah, 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 all this stuff. And she wouldn't have, you know, mom had just recently divorced. Mm. So she was feeling like, you know, liberated herself. I don't think that she really, uh, and this was like, you know, she was in her late thirties at this time. So I think she was really trying to, you know, hold on to that last bit of youth she had before, you know, maybe getting older yeah. and, and all that and sending me to military school. I mean, this is just okay. me guessing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making all but, of this up. Um, I'm making it up. Um, <laughs> so she took me there and I was there for about three months before um, I kicked myself oh out my gosh. of there. It was, it was really weird. And I think too, being there with everyone, like I did not take shit from mm. anyone there. I've I got into several fights yeah. there, and I won every single yeah. one of them. And it wasn't because I was picking them; it was because I was ending yeah. them. It was because people seen me as being very feminine. Yeah. So, and and I think ultimately, when people think of that, they think you're going to oh, be weak, easy yeah. target. It's like Morgan McMichaels. I've never met a queen who's so ready to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> like. Morgan is like, I wish somebody would fuck with me so I could get into it. See, I was never like that. I was, I was very like, please don't bother me because if you upset me, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Yeah. We're going to unleash the bull. I've had to fight my whole life, you know, and you know, when I'm there on my own and and other people, badass kids, I wasn't there because I was bad. And most of the people that were there were there because it was their last resort before going into some kind of juvenile Mm, detention or jail or whatever. Right. And I was just like such a fish out of water, but I, I held my own and I ended up getting my GD and everything like that. But it, it did call, it did teach me to toughen up, but it also taught me, no matter where I'm at in life, no matter what anyone says to me or tries to put me at, at the end of the day, I have to accept my truth. And my truth is 
I am the way that I am, and I'm not a bad person. I'm no. not trying to hurt people. I'm just trying to survive. Right. And you know, and and understand myself too. You know, like why do we try to spend so much time trying to like pinpoint everything and just just accept what makes us happy as long yeah. as we're not hurting people. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, I came back from military school, met up with one of my best friends, and he started taking me to the clubs because mm. I was around that age where I was able to get in. And so I'd go to the gay clubs. I met the drag queens. I was doing drag. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, walk us through your first number. I love first <laughs> drag stories. I love hearing about when people get all geeshed up for the first time and step foot on a stage. I want to know what you were wearing <laughs> and what the music was. I was wearing, I was wearing, okay, this is back whenever uh, Madonna's music came out. Mm-hmm. When she was doing the cowboy yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Lopez had My Love Don't Cost a Thing. Right. You know, all the pop princesses were out. So I was very in the denim fantasy. I looked like <laughs> Madonna. I was giving you Madonna when the money ran out. Yeah. (laughs) It was, but I, you know, it was just something about the power of the wig. Yeah. You put that wig on and you become powerful and you see and you feel things that you knew were always there. And um, all of a sudden everything makes sense. It makes sense. I'm not too effeminate. I'm not too, you know, I'm not too flamboyant. Everything kind of makes sense. Yeah. If anything, yeah. the contrast will also help you identify the things that about you that also stick out that is more masculine that mm-hmm. you didn't really Absolutely. know was there. Absolutely. It's like, oh, look at my boy arms. Where are those coming yeah. from? Look at my <laughs> I always thought it was like a little more feminine than this. I'm not. Um so when does it become when does it be turn into um you're finding yourself in the drag world. You're learning the truth about yourself. When does it turn into, I'm female. I identify as female. I'm transgender. I, well, I always felt that yeah. as a kid, but yeah. I didn't know what it was. But then when I seen myself done up, then I was like, this makes sense to me. Because I would, I, we would leave the shows and I would just stay in drag. And yeah. I'd go put on pajamas and put my wig and like a bun on top mm-hmm. of my head. Yeah, so and you're living it. go to sleep. I was living in it, and and then I would, you know, on the weekends I would go and do the show. I was so young that um, they would only let me in the dressing room. I would do my number, and I had to get out of the club immediately <gasps> because I was not old enough to be in there. You couldn't get a little drink but, ticket or nothing. You couldn't get a little something, something. I never was like really big into like drinking alcohol and mm. stuff like that. It, it was, it didn't, it, it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It just didn't. I never really liked it. Mm. Now, I will take a shot of tequila now. Yeah. But then <laughs> I didn't really like it. I just really wanted to be on stage. And it was so great to like be in my hometown yeah. where I was ridiculed and picked on. But now I'm like in this show and people are like throwing money at me uh-huh. and living. But I look back at those pictures, girl, and I'm just like, what in the hell? Yeah, like, t- like tell tell me a little bit about your looks. Like, what was the makeup like? A- are you ever going to post those on Instagram? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Sometimes you can see. So every now and then I'll see one that pops up. But I will say this. I would take three hours or so to get ready because, you know, I couldn't leave the dressing room. So I'd get there super early so I could spend time with all the queens. And... 
back then the queens were like, you couldn't just go on YouTube and figure out how to do Mm-mm. your makeup. There was no YouTube. Internet was dial up. It was right. a fucking pain in the ass. So I would just be in there trying to like look at the other queens and yeah. what they did and and they were not trying to like give out beauty secrets. You, you didn't know? have a drag like, mom who said, do this, do that, do this. You were on your own back then. Yeah. If you did not have a drag mama, you were on your own. And um, it was bad. It was real, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Booger I, bad? Booger bad? Like, oh, wow. I mean, good thing I was talented. Okay. <laughs> That's um, all we're saying. Good thing I could... Yeah, because I would move so fast that you didn't have to you 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 didn't have time to like really dissect the outfits or the makeup. I didn't wear lashes because I'd been told my whole life, oh, you have very long lashes. Like what the hell? So <laughs> no one ever said anything to me about lashes. Um, I didn't know how to tuck that well. I would just kind of push everything back, uh-huh, so uh-huh. there was always like a little lump <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Tetsy um, roll. I had bird seed titties oh. because they were they were heavy yeah. and they would feel they would they feel move. like you know they would move. But honey, if I did a cartwheel or whatever, there would be bird seed bird seed all <laughs> over the damn club. <laughs> it was, but it was so much fun, and yeah. I, that was when I was like really into gymnastics, like coaching gymnastics, right? And so like I was doing like backwards flips and high heels, and people were like gag, yeah, because they'd never. Never seen that, but for me, doing flips and stuff like that—that—that that, that was nothing to me. Like, but to them, it was like, oh my god, the most amazing doing thing. all this stuff in in high heels. So that was kind of like my my niche. The thing that yeah. like made me stick out was was that I that I did these these tricks and these I remember hills. from the first season mm-hmm. I remember all those slips from the first season listen we have so much to catch up on I want to talk about your looks and I want to talk the season finale but we have a commercial break so don't okay. go away we'll be back with Kylie Sonique after this commercial break and we're back. Okay, I pulled up a YouTube of all of your looks. So let's go through this really quick. Because we talked about you being a booger. And now let's talk about, like, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about you, um, a Kylie 2.0. Um, you come into the entrance look, your head to toe red patent leather. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have, like, a kind of like a biker's cap. And it's all red patent leather. But the you have these, like, it's almost a nude illusion with the... Um, with the fishnets who came up with this yes okay so that was not my initial first look i was going to wear i was going to come in in a Catwoman uh inspired look from batman returns which i've seen on Um, on on instagram i'm not i'm not a stalker but i've seen it on instagram (laughs) (laughs) and i was going to come in and be like oh did somebody say fish i haven't eaten all day that was what what i was going to say but what ended up happening the outfit just did not there's something about it did not work Mm. but um but my friend b Kala. He made this outfit for Nicki Minaj, <gasps> and he gave and he gave it to me oh instead. God. Yes. And so these are Nicki Minaj's they... proportions, or did they did they take it in, yes. or did they? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and she's short, so but I'm tall, so it kind of. How tall are out. you? She's. I'm five nine. Okay. Me and my roommate Sasha Colby, we went in and stoned, put rhinestones on the mesh and everything, and I just kind of like put it all together with the hat. The hat is the hat that I wore on the Hollis Lay special um, for my confessionals. And I also wore it in my music video, Hey Hater. But 
I yeah, just Love put it. it together, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna wear this look and and just sell it, you know. Oh, uh, it's a great entrance yeah. look. And your line was, "You've got female," which was like really yes. kind of set down the gauntlet. I was so glad to see you. Next look, we have this gold dress for the talent show competition, and it is like an old fashioned Bob Mackie tassel dress. It is uh, mm-hmm. you got you got your little spaghetti straps, and you could see like your womanly shape. This was like well, body, body, body. It is, it is a, a vintage Bob Mackie. It is um, Bob Mackie. It is Bob Mackie. I'm so yes. gay. That's I'm so great to be gay. <laughs> I knew that. You're good. Yeah, it's so good to be gay. I but. did a movie with um Anne Margaret uh, a couple summers ago, and we talked a lot about all the Bob Mackie gowns she used to wear. Cause you know, like that um mm. that Tina Turner tassel dress that Rue has. And like there was oh, a yeah. time in like 1978, 79, where where Bob Mackie made that dress for everyone, for share, for anybody who had a television special because it worked on so many different bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Willem actually like uh, loaned me that dress. That was not my original talent outfit that I, I was going to wear. I love it. It's so good. And it's Willems. That's so good. Of course it's Willems. Mm-hmm. And then next up we have your working girl thing. You came out with these overalls, but it was like, um, it was dress. <laughs> It was like drag repair woman. Uh, it's the overalls, yes. but you have these like uh, metallic gloves on the side, and you have this kind of a uh, 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 platinum blonde uh, wig with the bangs. I love this look. Who who put this together? Okay, so initially this was a uh, an homage to my grandpa who actually passed away in um, December. Sorry, um, and so he didn't get to see this look, but he was a carpenter. And I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, you know, do a look that represented him, but also represented myself as well. That's how he made a living. That's why I had like the dollar sign, the the money Mm. and the gold plate and the dollar underneath the outfit. See, this is what people don't know about the Queens is like, if you come up with your own individual narrative and story for each look, then you know how to perform. And then when somebody mm-hmm. comes out there and they don't have a story and they're just kind of like, I'm just wearing this dress because it's pretty, it, there's nothing wrong with that. But it, there's something about having a very specific narrative behind it that really energizes the performer on stage. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love this look. And, I, and, and the thing too, and I didn't want to be so literal. I also have to remind myself, I'm on Drag Race and this is a runway. I want to make it high fashion as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So and that's and that's my inspiration for you that. You brought it, and then next comes up is you did Extina better than Extina. I remember this album cover, and and you know her um her jeans pulled all the way down to her coochie, and you did yep. that here. You had the the bandana bra top and the hat and the uh, the braid. This was so great, mm-hmm. and you lip synced in this, and and your titty came out. It looked like. <laughs> <laughs> did you have um, did it did it because it was blurred on the copy that i had is did that happen on stage was oh, it like hello oh. everybody i'm the left one no, no it didn't but oh. i i glued everything to me and i initially was not going to wear mm. the bandana top um when i was in my room getting ready i was like you know what i don't need to come out topless and just mm. have my hair over my titties i need to have something else um, so I took these bandanas in my room and I conjured up some kind of top for it. And I was like, wait a minute, Christina had like the, the underboob for yeah, the DMAs when the she came out. Underboob. The underboob. So and I did the arm thing, the, the trans flag on my arm yep. to represent, uh, you know, the trans flag. But also it was an homage to Britney Spears as well. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. the, so it was a, it was a ex Tina Britney 
and the hat was very Pamela Anderson Lee mm-hmm. and yeah so it was a very early 2000s this is your homage. this is like your third or fourth running or your fourth look on the show and I felt like this is this was like a major step up it's like fuck y'all I didn't come here to play I'm serving this and it's amazing next up we have you in the blue wig for the um for this challenge um and it was uh, it, this was kind of like the denimy thing you were talking about, like you know, mm-hmm. with the J Lo, <laughs> the the denim yes. patches. Like remember when Britney and Justin wore those matching denim outfits to the VMAs or something like that? This is that's what this kind it, of reminded me of. It was an homage to to that, a hundred percent. That was um, that was uh, the fabric did not have that design on it. I spray painted it blue. I took stencils, I spray painted the stars on it, everything on it that you see. I, I tattered the outside to make it look more rugged. Mm. Um, I put a lot of detail into that. She's crafty. Next up, we have this pink outfit. Ooh, la 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 la. Um, this yes. had feathers everywhere in that beautiful kind of um, pink wig. And this was your redemption look? This is my redemption look from when I did uh, Lady Gaga. When you did Gaga. What better way to do Gaga than wear a outfit that Lady Gaga was the last person to actually wear that outfit yeah, before I wore it. It's a beautiful pink cat suit with, um, and the detail of you zooming up close, there's a, a, um, an animal print collar. And yes. uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The way the um, the pattern, the color is set, it really accentuates the middle of your body and your shape. You have these pink boots, which are so fucking cute. They were actually uh, um, open toe heels, and I and I took the gloves, like they were like the the gold metallic gloves they mm. had before, mm. but I cut them and I used them as sleeves for the bottom, and then I used. Uh, the top part as gloves cut them out so you could see the fingers and you I are also... a crafty ass motherfucker that's crazy <laughs> Thank you. this is your this is this is your um world of wonder show it's like drag craft just like taking yes. stuff that like don't throw away that shit you can repurpose it you can spray paint it gold and turn uh, it into this and i topped it off with the glasses and i rhinestone and said trust because on on my original season when i did gaga i said trust and that they actually made a gift of that and it's been haunting me forever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this across the glasses to also pay homage to me as well. Yes. Trust and believe. Coming up next, we have you in this, um, the Opal Essen outfit. Um, I don't know other, any other way to express it. It's a full-length gown with, um, well, again, uh, you have rhinestone uh, kind of Swarovski crystals on your um, your boobs. And yes. this was beautiful. And this uh, lavender wig. Oh, how would you describe yes. this look? I'm doing a terrible job. Um, no, it, it was uh, it was actually a, a gown that was used in one of B. Collins shows. And it actually was supposed to go all the way up to the neck, the ruffles mm. were. But I was like, you know what? I really wanted to show off my femininity because Decolletage. I just did boy drag. Mm-hmm. I did boy drag. Yeah, you were um, Steve Tyler. So I put that together. I took a rhinestone bra and I, and I pinned, I took the outfit and pulled it down and I pinned it to the bra so that you could see my neck and my mm. breast. Mm. And I put holes on the inside of the sleeve so my hands could come out so that it 
could give more of a, a, a Naomi from Mama's Family yes. sort of silhouette at the top. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was working on that in the workroom, too. It did not look like that in the beginning. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm, I'm watching all these runway looks. It's like off stage you have like a very kind of quiet demeanor about you, but you are channeling some creature who has so much confidence when you come out. You are a showgirl. You are the showgirl. It's really beautiful to see. Okay, this one I really loved. With the pink hat, it was all kind of animal print, but it looked like a leopard butterfly. It was like mm-hmm. you were like an insect and a mammal at the same time. It was like, almost like a cheetah <laughs> print with feathers and this and the pink fedora, which shouldn't work, but did. Unbelievable. Thank you. Um, that was not originally what I was supposed to wear for that category. Mm. Um, the person that was making the outfit that I designed, it was supposed to be more of a T-Buzz, left eye sort of thing mm. with like patches everywhere right. with different colors, but that didn't get made. So he said, I have this, this will work. Raja had a pink fedora in the room. I was like, can I please wear this hat with this outfit? Cause there's some pink here. It's going to make it pop Ugh. because I just felt like the hat just really kind of elevated it a little bit more. It's a good yeah. call. I mean, cause it could have gone badly. It could have been like, yeah. Oh, she's wearing a fedora from the mall. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it was like the great, um, uh, way to top the outfit. And then the following week, you did you did Jessica Lang for American Horror Story, Room American Horror Story, mm-hmm. and you were just wonderful. Now, when you were letting loose, you were really letting loose. And did you mm-hmm. did you expect to win, or was it that Kylie thing of like eh, I don't really expect anything? I don't know. Um, I I didn't. I just I expected me to be really good. I came in very strong. So it was yeah. really kind of, um, it, it made me feel insecure when, when Michelle kept asking me to do it over again. And then right. um, then once I kept doing it over and over again, it made me feel, you know, insecure. And then I started stumbling on my lines. But, you know. Um, you found your way. But for the, I found my way. Mm-hmm. I, I let loose. I opened up. Yeah. I gave no fucks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did it. But I was really insecure. Okay. See, the, I'm going to scare you because this is much how super fan I am. I watched the show once and then I watch it several times during the week. And I see the point where you let loose. And it's when your eyes go up to the ceiling. At one point, mm-hmm. you're like talking and then your eyes look up and then you go away and you're just flying. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the sweet spot for every performer where you're like, fuck it. Let's go. I'm, it's go time. I lost myself into it. I was like, don't worry about the cameras. Don't worry about yep. me. Thing, just let loose yep. and be, do the performance that if you're at home watching, you want to see that performance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Yep. It's when you were looking up. I'm telling you. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then the goth look. Oh, my God. Lady. The goth look, with it was like all cut out. It's black patent leather. And again, you came out in darker hair and your character and demeanor changed completely. I don't, this, was, yeah. this reminded me of the Madonna... Um, um, I didn't. Human you know, nature. Yeah, human nature. That's what this reminded mm-hmm. me of. All you, we were missing was that little tiny chihuahua. But she didn't cut out this like to the extent that you did here. Who made this? Where it? You can't um, get this off the rack. <laughs> no, you cannot get off. This was this was made to my body. Um, we we went through it like two or three times before we got it absolutely right. And um, it was an homage to uh, it was it was called it's called um, fetish goth. Oh. And it was an homage to not only Scary Spice, but to Madonna. Yep. Um, and yeah. 
that's I, I absolutely I'm so love smart. It. I, I'm getting all the references. You are. You did you your are. flip. You did you had underboob. You served underboob for your lip sync. And I'm I here did. for it. I'm I love an underboob. And Thank you, you. you've got really great. Not, not meaning to objectify you anyway, but I'm a big fan of your underboob. Uh, you did, you did your backflip into the splits, which is like, um, it's that's an that's an instant crowd pleaser. Quintessential uh, me. Yep. Um, the the back the backflip to the split is a move that I made up. I've been doing it. It's my it's my signature move. Mm-hmm. So if you see anybody do it from it's here stolen. on out, it's stolen. They got it from me. It's stolen. Um, it, it, yes. There's going to be a resurgence inside boob. In underboob, in in seasons to come. I knew people were going to be like, "Oh my god, her titty is going to come out," but it was not going to come out because I used spray adhesive and I glued that motherfucker yeah, you to would have my to. chest. You would have to. All right, next up, I, I, we're running out of time, so I have to like go through okay. all these looks a little quicker. Um, this feather outfit with the again, you mix feathers with animal trend alert mixing of animals on the stage. I love this one. This was a little bit of poison ivy. I feel like mm-hmm. from the Batman, uh, from the gay Batman movies, when Batman 100%. got really gay and he had nipples on his outfits. <laughs> I knew that Michelle uh, was not a fan of green, but my my thing was like it. I'm going to make you fall in love mm. with green when Beautiful. you wear this, and and I and I loved it, and it was an homage to uh, my roommate at the time, uh, Sasha Colby. Dolly, your Dolly was better than Dolly. You were so quick. It was kind of like I felt like you had a Rolodex of Dolly at your fingertips, like you were a Dolly quote expert because Dolly is hysterical. Like Dolly mm-hmm. is a Dolly has a quick comeback for everything, and you slayed it in that. Um, was that something you went in like I'm prepared? I'm prepared for anything. Um, well, I watched a lot of uh, interviews that Dolly Parton would do when she was like a, a guest on shows. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I And I seen a lot of me in her. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah. I really do have quick comebacks and things like that. And yeah. I was like, just tap into your southern Watch charm. Watch Kylie Sonique loves um, a video on YouTube right now. Do it like Dolly. Um, that because that's yes, really awesome. Please. Um, you ha- You come out next in the yellow and pink outfit with the face in the front. Um, what mm-hmm. challenge was this again? This was so good. And you have like a... This bl- was the pop art. Yeah, the pop art. And you have pop like a blonde art. version of the Elvira wig. It's kind of like high yes. up on top. It's and, and a little bit of Florence Henderson on the side. Love, love, loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I love this look so much. Um, that was not the original hair I was going to wear. I gave Ginger my hair for the week before oh. she wore... It was going to be pink hair. But honestly, I really like it with the blonde hair. That was my original dolly hair that I was going to wear. Love it. I love it. And then the next mm-hmm. one is Drag Tots. He came out as the witch. This was a full, complete story. I absolutely loved it. With a little uh, witch hat perched on the side. Your glasses, you had like the white contact. And then you stood the broom on its own. That was a magical moment. I, it was, it, I can't believe that it happened. I just said a prayer. I was like, okay. Please let this hold up while I'm doing this. It was so good. And then your um, storytelling time, the first time I, you know, people were questioning. See, a lot of people don't like to do the storytelling where um, you're sitting because they feel like that's less energized. But you sitting on the stool and leaning into the microphone made us all lean in as well. It was beautiful. Uh, The reason why I sat down is because I wanted to picture myself riding in the car and how my thoughts of riding in the car mm. and then when I got up was uh, I stood up when I was talking about me about to come out on stage yeah. and, and feeling the butterflies in my stomach mm-hmm. and um and I sat back down because I 
I ended that story where I was in the car. Um, they don't they don't get to show the whole story, right? But you know, but you've seen it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I was there. I saw it, and I think that the the thing that I love a good storyteller makes the story alive for themselves. And, and therefore alive for everybody else. And that's exactly what you did. It was absolutely lovely. Um, oops, I did it again. Hot dog on a stick. So yes. cute. Yes. So cute. I love that. And then um, you uh, do uh, the, this is my country. You had the little bandana outfit. I love yes, this. this. You didn't this have a single an boot this season. You didn't come out in a single thing where I was like, mm. Oh, know. well, thank you. This this look was an homage to Michael Jackson, uh, the music video Beat It. Yes. If you look, I have the same shirt, I have the jacket, but I, I but it was supposed to be Britney Spears and uh, and Michael Jackson together. And, and that was de- my yeah, inspiration it's, it's for that It's deconstructed, look. and you did a beautiful, beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Um, your eleganza look on the runway, um, the American flag, and you have, like, tassels right in front of your hoo-ha. And (laughs) I love that. That, to me, your sense of humor comes out there. Like, everything else is beautifully proportioned, but that tassel in the front that moves is so strategically placed. It's like, hello, everybody. (laughs) So cute. I got to do what I got to do, honey. Yeah, so good, so good. And then the tumble. I feel like when I saw you tumble out of this dress and you turned it and you saved yourself, that was like watching you win. That was like watching Sasha Velour with the wig being raised and all the red petals coming out. <laughs> I was like, that's it. She won. That, there's, I, it took the guesswork out of it completely. In that moment, were you like, holy shit? I, in that moment, I was like, holy shit, because it was such, it was, I had worked so hard on every episode and then to slip at the very last thing that I get to do on Drag Race, um, whenever I was falling, I everything went into slow motion. It was kind of like when you watch a movie and someone gets knocked out or mm-hmm. something, and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah. yeah. And my whole part, my whole thing about doing this lip sync in this dress was to prove that I did not need to do any flips to sell a lip sync, right? Because and <laughs> and and it was like. It was the gymnastics that that saved the lip sync. There's a million you know memes I mean? of it. I've seen a million memes of it on oh, the Instagrams. And every, everybody's posting it over and over again. Listen, um, you're a busy woman. You're a superstar. You uh, deserve every single over, you know overbooking that's happening to you. You're going to be very busy. Everybody's going to want you. Um, when things calm down, we're going to have fried chicken together either in Vegas or Los oh. Angeles. Okay. Oh well, no, all the good fried chicken. So, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Um, everybody... I'm not a vegan anymore. Oh, uh oh. Um, where can people find you on your socials, my love? I'm on Instagram at x o s o n i q u e. That's x o sonique. I'm also on Twitter as x o sonique, and um, I do have a fan page that I just restarted on yes. Facebook, and it's Ky- Kylie Sonique Love. Um, so we're just trying to rebuild that again. And uh, yeah, and I have an online, uh, I have merch, my official merch. There are companies out there who are trying to mm. sell merch that is not from me. Uh-oh. Um, but KylieSoniqueLove.com, you can you can get my official merch okay. there. That's where we're going to go Christmas shopping. Um, I want to thank you on behalf of all the fans for standing in your truth all season long. What that does, what this show does, and what you did this season is when you stand in your truth, it liberates other people 
to stand in their truth because they're looking yeah, you at you can be her. proud. Yeah, you can be proud. You know, it's like that's the thing with queer people. We grow up thinking everything about us is a, a liability. And then you, you reparent yourself as an adult and you find out you're rich in assets. All right, we have a couple of <laughs> announcements here to make in our wrap out. That's it for this week's episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Make sure you tune into Wow Presents Plus for James Apalooza, celebrating all things James St. James and new episodes of Drag Race Holland, season two on Fridays on Wow Presents Plus. We have a special offer. Check out our World of Wonder store at store.worldofwonder.com for all of our wonderful products. You can save 10% off with the code Drag Race Podcast. The official RuPaul's Drag Race Podcast is on every Wednesday on the WOW Podcast Network. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You could also listen to my mental health podcast, Alec Mappa Hot Mess, with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist, wherever podcasters stream. Tune in next week and we'll have more official RuPaul's Drag Race Podcast tea. I love you, Kylie Sonique. Thank you. Love you too. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a World of Wonder production. 